0: It is the Chicago Verse United audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation, featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at Chicagoverseunited.com. This week, a very special interview produced in part with JVTV with Jason Kramer, Dan Zima, Graham Macell, and Joe O'Connor of California Wives, recorded before the band's performance on the long-running music television program. Here's how that sounds. Heima Black here at JBTV, and I'm here with California Wives from Chicago, Joe, Jason, Dan, and Graham. How is everybody doing today? Fantastic.
1: Awesome. Great to be here. Very good, very good. Excited to be here. here, Yeah.
0: Uh, You guys are having a really spectacular kind of like weeks, months right now. I know last night you just played Lincoln Hall for your record release show, right? Yeah. Yeah. How was that?
1: Great. It was pretty great. We've never headlined Lincoln Hall before, so that was the first time for us, and it was great. It was all we thought it could be. Yeah, it's a
0: hometown show, right? Like, I mean, was there a lot of, like, hometown support, people you know in the audience? Yeah, Yeah, a
1: lot of our friends, a lot of our friends who we haven't seen for a while came. There's a few people I didn't see, so that was great. Also, people that we've never seen before, which is really cool. That's
0: equally, if not more important, is getting those new faces in, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we like playing the strangers, so we'll do that later (laughs) today. No one in the audience that we know. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, you know, you're playing out right now. You're getting all of this attention and acclaim for your new record, Art History, that just came out a few weeks ago, correct? Yeah, September 4th, I think, came out. Yeah, so not very long ago as of this interview. How has the response been, you know, from fans, from critics, from everybody who has been able to hear this record?
1: I think everyone's been really excited about it. I think one of the things that we were kind of hesitant about is that we redid some of the songs on Affair, uh, which was our first EP. And for our, like, diehard fans, we were hoping that uh, the new songs, like, kind of held up to those old versions. And everyone who we've spoken to has been really, like, supportive, and, and they really enjoy the new versions of the song. So it's been cool. It's been weird. It's a weird yeah. process.
0: I mean, you know, the songs sound great. Like, it sounds like, you know, there's production, there's some budget. Like, it, it really sounds like you guys... Did it right? What was the, like, recording and, and creation process for this record, you know, where it came out sounding as good as it does at the end?
2: We definitely had everything, almost everything, except for maybe, like, one song worked out beforehand, so we walked into, we recorded in New York, and we walked into the studio, like, we didn't have, like, a grid written out of everything we needed to do, but we knew exactly what we had to do with it, and it was just a matter of finding the right sound, so there were no question songs or anything, and, you know, we were working six days a week on it, so... You know, we had plenty of time to go over and tweak and make sure everything was just right and then listen to it all back together and say, oh, that doesn't sound good. Let's fix that.
0: Was this like the most grueling, you know, and I use that term loosely, but like, was this the most extreme studio experience you've ever done? Or has every experience always been, you know, 18 hour days and everything like that?
2: It was long days, but I don't, for me, it was, you know, great. It was a lot of fun. They blew by. Like, we would get there at 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning and leave at 10 at night and we'd be like, oh, we got 100 things done today and we didn't even, feel like we were there you know
1: there was there was I mean, the studio was divided and in, like into a synth room and then a guitar kind of bass vocals tracking so we were always working it was a continual workflow um you know joe went in and recorded drums he did them really quickly he did them really well he practiced a lot before so that kind of freed up some time um and yeah so um and joe's all the way over there joe would you all like right to
3: get on this way.
0: mic tell us
1: about that it was uh, it was kind of weird. Being in the studio is kind of always like being in a
3: time warp because you go into a room for like 12 and then you just emerge 12 hours later and like it's dark out now and they're like different people. It's like totally different experience. So but um, I think it was a little bit more intense than what we we're used to because I think because we, we didn't anticipate this sort of response but we knew a lot uh, that it was going to get a lot of attention paid to it if not a positive attention. Um, but it turned out to be positive. But um, yeah, it just was slightly more stressful, but having enough time to do everything helped out a lot, I think. So. We
1: did have that one song that we had, what like Lightyear, which is the last song on the record. We had it in one kind of version going into it. And, you know, it was the night before we were going to record it. And I kind of went to my producer. I sat down in a room with him. I was like, I really don't like the way that this song is. I don't like this version at all. And he was like, OK, you have 24 hours to change it. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna get track of it tomorrow, so I stayed up. I stayed up all night that night. Um, I didn't come up with anything, and then I woke up the next morning. I came to the studio really early. I don't drink coffee, and I drank like five cups of coffee. I got really hyped up for it. And by the time Joe came into the studio, what was it like four or five hours later? He was yeah. like, "How's Lightyear?" And I was like, "It's done. It's finished." <laughs>
3: he was he's yeah. also
1: talking like
3: way faster than he had ever spoken. And I was like, "What?" I like the, I'm like, "What's up with Jay?" He's like, "Really talking." No. Yeah. It was
1: great. We, we, there's some like uh, there's some background vocals in, in the end. We kind of just all you know we let it hang out on that song. We kind of just uh, we kind of went for it on that song. It's definitely influenced by caffeine. So.
0: so if you guys if you were drinking coffee for the entire recording process, you guys probably could have like done it in like a week, front it, to back.
1: It would have sounded like Hanson for sure. I mean, it it would have definitely been a Hanson record. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee. Or
3: it. Would have been like footwork, like 160 BPM or something all the way through, or just like. Yeah, you know so that might that might have not worked out either but
0: one song one song on caffeine is okay well you know this record art history this is your debut you know double header it's your debut full length and it's your first effort for vagrant records correct yeah for sure yeah how did you guys get hooked up with vagrant because that is a label with a lot of history i mean they're one of the larger indies, yeah. I want to say.
1: Yeah, no, um, that that's that's real talk. I mean, they're 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 a great label. I remember going to Get Up Kids shows back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Saves the Day back in the you know, I liked all those bands. And to ha- be on a label with such great history is great. It's just one of those things. We really worked. We really worked uh, hard to kind of put a fair out there. You know, we played a lot of shows. We went to South by Southwest, um, and we met a lot of people. And we, we, we just worked hard, and I think that if you, as long as you keep working on something and you and you really believe in it, you know, you just have to have faith that someone somewhere along the way, you know, somebody's going to pick it up, someone's going to like it, and it was Vagrant Records. So
0: When you guys were working with Vagrant and, you know, putting out the record and, and creating it and everything like that, well, A, first off, at what point in the process didn't Vagrant enter the picture? Were they there before you started recording? Did they come halfway through? Did they come after the record was finished, or... We started
2: talking to them sometime around um, South by Southwest, like maybe somewhere in that area, and then we kind of did that, and uh, then we started interacting with them after that and started sending them, you know, demos and talking on the phone about plans, and the thing that was kind of, that I really liked about them was that they really wanted to hear what this record was going to be like beforehand. They weren't going to say, oh, you've got a good single, here's a bunch of money, go record a record. It was like, what's what's this song going to be like? You know, what's, you know, you got these, and we don't like that one, we like this one, and they kind of... They want they had a they wanted us to have a vision before we even got there and I think that was a big help and that was definitely something that they could not have done and it probably the record probably wouldn't have been as good as it you know I wouldn't have been as proud of it as I am so yeah yeah it's very true
1: i mean i I second everything he says it's nice to you know you get this idea that they're kind of I don't know. Like, like along the way, they're kind of saying they're supportive of you. You know, they like your songs, and everyone at the record has. You know, they start every email off and in, on introduction, being like, I, "I love your record. I love listening to your record." And it's it's nice to work with people that like believe also in what you're doing because that's a really important thing. Like, are, are they gonna follow up with that thing they mentioned two weeks ago? Well, it's like, yeah, they are because they care about the record and they care about what we're doing. So we re- we enjoy working with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, that's so positive to hear because they're so many bands and especially in Chicago but also outside of Chicago who they sign these record deals they think it's going to make them you know put them on the map nationally and then the record doesn't come out or they get a bad deal or you know the guy who signed them leaves the label or gets fired the week the record comes out it's it's refreshing to hear like a positive story of a Chicago band getting signed
1: and I think it's also just, I, you know, we're very, we were very clear with them from the get-go that it was about the song. So I think, you know, that relationship started off on the right foot. I think it, if it was about something else or if they felt like it was about something else, I think it, it might have gone a different direction. But from you know since we talked to them, it was always about when we do the record, we want to do it the right way. And they agreed with that. We both agreed with that. Kind of like when you meet someone you like them, you just start hanging out. It's just one of those things. It worked.
0: Nice, it's like a good relationship
1: Yeah, you gotta be positive, man There's too much negativity in the, in the music industry And we're, you know Sometimes people think we're like too nice or too mild-mannered And it's like, no, we just really respect our, you know People who also love music and love to work in music We're just trying to be positive about it, so
0: You know, I really do get the impression that California Wives is a band That loves being in a band And loves music And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of people who are making music Who might not love music Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 wicked word is like posturing, you know, and I I I try to stay away from that joke. Kind of like nudge me. It was like we should use another word other than posturing. He's probably right, but Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, sometimes it's about putting on the act, you know, putting on the show. We're we're just a bunch of music nerds that love gear. You, I mean, if you hung out in the van with us, um, you know, without the cameras rolling because there'd be some swear words or cussing mm-hmm. or probably, but uh but uh you know, we talk about amps and tubes and and things like that. I mean, we love making music and yeah. I think you're we also go. we also have a pretty eclectic
3: background. You know, everybody has done lots of different things. You know, this is just a like a culmination of everyone's musical experience. So you know, we listen to a lot of different types of music that bear no resemblance to the music that we play. So you know. yeah. So it's not just
0: like you guys are that like pop band only listening to pop or yeah.
1: I mean, why, I, I don't really understand why someone would want to do that unless they were, like, huge, like, Scorpions fans or something and they only <laughs> want to listen to the Scorpions or something. That's fine, but... We like the Scorpions. We, we, yeah, I mean, but but, but um, I don't know why you would want to. I mean, I don't want to make hair metal music. I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like New Order. I want to make my mm. own music, and I want it to be a, a mixture of... or We want to make our own music that's a mixture of everything we like. Why would you want to limit yourself to, like, one genre? Why would you want to, like peg yourself in one little spot put yourself in the corner don't do that listen to Prince and then listen to Barry White and then listen to Mozart I don't know listen to it all
0: yeah absolutely now you know you guys mentioned in creating this record and creating art history that you were in New York City which I think is interesting because you're a Chicago band which is where of course we record JBTV. but you were out in New York was you know do you guys have a history with that city or were you kind of Entering blind, and how was that experience for you guys? I had never,
2: never set foot in it. It was pretty intense. It didn't feel like a fundamentally different thing from Chicago to me, but it was just more of everything. Yes. More, more of everything about the, you know, Chicago versus a small town. Just more of that. Just crazier. But I mean, it was the perfect place for us to do it, to be honest. Because number one, like, our producer lives there, works out of this of a studio there mostly, and really knows that studio so we were in a perfect situation with that and also it took us we love this city but it sort of took us away from there and we just kind of we were in record world for a month or a little over a month we didn't worry about anything else that you know that we do around here or we talked to people we honestly you know we all kind of ended up calling our friends and family just to feel like we were a little bit back home but we were just there in the studio all the time and that was probably i think for the best
1: yeah when we, we've been talking about you know writing more music and and when we do write music you know our intention is to go somewhere remote somewhere where you can get away where you can kind of it's nice to be away from like they're not distractions hanging out with friends like not a distraction but but for what we're trying to do at that like moment in time it's you know you want to be focusing on what you're doing and you and it was also great kind of having that schedule too it's like you felt like you were working you were working 11 11 but you were still working so.
0: well, Yeah, because you're kind of in your comfort zone here in Chicago, and then you go to another city and you're on someone else's schedule, you really have to get the job done, right?
1: Well, yeah, it's like, it's like, like I said, throwing someone into a pool, like, you know, that's exactly what it was like. It was, they kind of threw us in that city, hoped that we could swim. We met a lot of people that were way more accomplished than we were, Um, that it was great. It was great to meet those people and to talk to them before recording, because it kind of, it upped your expectations. It's like, okay, well, I'm hanging out with all these incredibly accomplished musicians and producers. I better I better play up to my potential you know and it was just yeah it's kind of like that i don't know Joe?
3: yeah i mean it, it helps to uh it helps to have to be away like you say because it is easy when you're doing music music is especially when you're at home it still feels like that sort of thing that you do and it's it's fun and then when it stops getting fun for maybe you know a few minutes the temptation is to go okay well maybe i'm gonna call my friend and see what he's doing and do something else but it helps you know those moments are when you kind of really need to to push through when you're frustrated by a part when you can't figure out what something to do you know i mean i think we talked about light year and and the frustration around it and you know it could have been easy to walk away from it maybe if you're if you're in chicago if you have someplace else to go but if that's it you got to get it done you got nothing else to do you kind of forces you to to make something happen so yeah it definitely helps it definitely helps
0: you know something else I thought was really interesting that uh, that California Wives uh, just recently did. You guys had a video that aired during the MTV VMAs. Is that is that right? How you know how did that come together? Well,
1: uh, you know they were kind of launching that campaign and uh, they were picking some bands and there happened to be some California Wives fans like, you know, in that whole process that kind of put the record on and and played it for them and. And they just really liked the song, and um, I guess calling it purple probably didn't hurt because there's probably a purple sharpie somewhere. Um, but yeah, everyone that we worked with was incredibly cool. The movie, well, we, what drew us to the video was that it, it is like, if you've seen it, it's like a music video. I mean, you, you wouldn't know, aside from the, maybe the quick logo in the front and the logo in the back, Like, if you watch the music video, there's no way he would not even know that it was for another product. And that really drew us to the, like, why wouldn't you do that? (laughs) Of course.
0: Well, and I think that we're at a different point because 15 years ago, if you guys did that, people would have been like, oh, my God, sellouts. But now, if you partner with a brand, and especially if if it's well done, if it's subtle, if it's smart, and if it's a brand that people like, like Sharpie, you know, I think that fans and peers are a lot more accepting of that, right? I mean, has that been your experience? Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it had looked stupid, if the commercial was lame and we were do
2: we were up there, I don't know, do like lip syncing really lamely and it looked <laughs> dumb, people would have said, oh, this, 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 these guys are jokers. Yeah. But it was a cool, really cool looking video. And, you know, when they sent us the first idea, like their first ideas of what they wanted to do with us and with the song, it was like these guys know what they're doing and they have the right idea with us, with our band. So we, were, we jumped into it, you know, head first because it sounded like such a great idea. And if it had been something like they wanted, to, like I said, that they wanted us to do just something lame, you know, we would have been a little more hesitant about it. But it just from beginning to end, it was just as, about as good as it can be.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you guys have had a great start to the cycle on this record. You know, uh, what else is coming up for California Wives 2012, 2013? What happens now that the record is out?
1: Uh, we're, we're actually about to leave for tour on Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, So we're getting ready for that. We are touring with um, Stars and Diamond Rings. Um, So yeah, we're going on tour with Stars. Uh, Yeah, and we're we're basically going to tour with them for like two uh, a month, about a month, month, just about a month. And we circle the country uh, and hope fans come out.
0: I love it, man. I think the record's a great strong effort. It's great to see a Chicago band doing well and really with so much ahead of them. So best of luck and congratulations on everything so far. And thanks for visiting us today at JBTV. Thank you for having us. Yeah.
1: For having us, man. That's great.
0: This has been the Chicago verse United audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation, produced in part with JBTV. Thanks to California Wives for being on both shows. You can find past episodes of the Chicago Verse United audio podcast at chicagoverseunited.com and you can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at dynastypodcast.com. And you can watch this interview and performances by California Wives at jbtvonline.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.